Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week of the Jared Hudson for Sheriff podcast. Go ahead and subscribe, share with your friends, listen to it, give us some feedback and some comments so we can know maybe future interviews you would like to see. Enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, Jared Hudson here with Jared Hudson for Sheriff. Uh, we got a, another interviewee today, another candidate for our interviews here, and, and we've had him on before. I'll let him talk again about himself for those of y'all who might not have caught the last interview. We encourage y'all to go back and watch it. If you haven't subscribed to us already, go ahead and subscribe. If you haven't followed us on any of the social media platforms, please follow us and keep up to date with what we have going on. We just finished a... Uh, the primary election here in the state of Alabama, and right now we're in runoff season. So until June 21st, we'll be in a runoff, which is why Mr. Stan Cook is here. He's going to talk about his primary and the fact that he's currently in a runoff. But you won't see our name on the ballot again until November the 8th. We've talked about this before. We're in our general election now, and November the 8th you'll see our name on the ballot. So continue to follow us and be ready to get out and vote in the fall in the midterms. Jared Hudson for Sheriff. So without further ado, let's get to Mr. Stan Cook. Stan, how you doing, brother? Doing fine, Jared. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. So uh, I was actually out of town. I did an absentee ballot during the uh, for the primary a couple weeks ago because uh, I was out of town working, but I was trying to keep track of everything. And then we wound up talking, and you said that, hey, I'm in a uh, I'm in a runoff. Let's uh, let's get on the podcast. Let's do another interview so you could talk really about what you've gone through in this primary, the primary season, and uh, and then also kind of what the runoff has to hold for you and what that looks like. So if you want, tell the folks a little bit about yourself on the front end for those who might sure. not know who you are. Well, uh, Stan Cook, uh, Dr. Stan Cook to many people. Uh, I'm from Summerton, Alabama. grew up in Walker County, uh, now pastor a church in Kimberly, Alabama, about uh, 15 minutes from here. Uh, we also have a world missions program that we operate in Israel, home base in Jerusalem, a uh, two-fold program where we help Jewish people return uh, back to Israel who are fleeing persecution from around the world. And we also have benevolence programs there that we give them food, medicine, and clothing. Uh, and then on a rare occasion, we get to go over and do some archaeological digs, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we work with Hebrew University and the city of David in Jerusalem. And I get to write a Christian perspective on any archaeological find that relates to the Scripture. Uh, it's an honor to be able to do that. And I look forward to when election season is over, then I can get back on an airplane and be in Jerusalem and go Dang back to work. God, this guy, we learn something new about this guy every time. So you get you actually get to write like a... Like a dissertation or like a little, like a summary based on any archaeological find? Yeah, I normally call these white papers that we okay. write. Um, for instance, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, they had found the pilgrimage road, which goes from the Pool of Siloam uh, 600 yards uh, to the Temple Mount. Um, and as we were excavating, and I was a part of the dig, uh, we realized that this road had to have a Y in the road, that we were on a road that was Roman, uh, and we were missing the Jewish pavement. And it's real obvious to tell Jewish paving stones from Roman paving stones. So um, I argued the point uh, for about six hours one day, and they told me, you do realize that you're asking us to destroy about $2 million worth of tunnel work. 
if you're right? And I said, well, let's test it and see. So we ran various tests, um, and there was a void behind one of the walls, and they tore that down at uh, the uh, excavator's uh, approval and the archaeological team's approval, and lo and behold, uh, behind that wall was the Jewish road. And uh, it lied <laughs> off, just like we said, I told them it would, uh, and went to the uh, southern steps of the Temple Mount, and they are excavating that now, and artifacts, uh, spear points, arrowheads, uh, oil lamps uh, coming out of this area that is pristine to the second temple destruction. Uh, the other tunnel had uh, Crusader, uh, the year 1099 to yeah. 1300 Crusader artifacts. So we write about that, and uh, we helped the Jewish people to validate and we can say, yes, this belonged to King Hezekiah. That was his seal. This was King David, period. So it's really fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, that, is, that is great. That's, that's, yeah, man, you, you never cease to amaze me, Stan. Oh, every, time, it, every time you bring up something, I find something new. It's just it's that, part of my life. It's a that, lot of fun. That's awesome. And, and I guess a dissertation, that'd be more like what a judge would write about something. I guess that's a wrong term. Ooh. So you say call it like a, a white paper. Yeah, it's just a, a, an explanation of why this is a part of Jewish culture, Jewish history, it is a legitimate Jewish artifact, uh, as opposed to there is no such thing as a Palestinian or Palestinian culture or Palestinian history. Uh, there is an Arab history, but not a Palestinian history. Right. So we, we, we prove those points. That's really cool, man. Well, there it is. So And so when, when election season's over, you'll be able to uh, sort of get back to some of that, I guess. Yeah, that, right? that will be my downtime. There you go. All right. All right. Sounds sounds good. I just want to get back to like hunting and fishing when election season's yeah. over. You know, that'll be my downtime. You know, th- throw a few bass lures too. There you go. That's right. So, uh, since last time we talked with you, uh, the the primary is over. Uh, you're in a runoff w- in, in your primary. Um, you garnered how, what was the percentage of vote that you garnered? Uh, if you could talk about it, I don't want you to talk about anything. Yeah, a little over thirty three percent of okay. the vote. Uh, the man that came in first place uh, was at 39%, and then there was a third-place uh, runner. And uh, so we're now in the runoff for June 21st, uh, campaigning very hard for the next uh, 21 days. Um, the primary season uh, was grueling. It's more than a year. And you go to 67 counties two and three times, uh, meeting with every Republican group and women's group and civic yeah. group. Um, and I'm, you're aware of that, how that works. Uh, but, you know, to travel statewide, and then the closer you get to primary day, the more intense it gets. Yeah. Uh, and now we have to do it all over again, but in 21 days. Jeez, man. So I can't imagine because I'm just doing the, uh, uh, you know, county and going to all these different places in the county, and I know how much time that takes. I can't imagine, especially with the cost of fuel right now, going all over the state, you know, the burden that is personally, but also just on the, the campaign overall, right? Well, that's true, and, and that's why we need um, many campaign donations coming yeah. in. Uh, the more donations that come in, it helps us to buy radio time, TV time, and pay for that gas in the tank uh, to travel the state. Uh, the extensive travel begins this Thursday and will not end until June the 20th. Wow, okay, so you're, you're going to be burning the roads down hard, basically – next week or no this week what's what's today yeah we start the second this coming thursday yeah so thursday yeah so like three days away two days yes. away you're going to start and you're going to be running hard until june 21st yes uh and your biggest thing is you're trying to garner <clears throat> that other 
well, I say that because you only had what was it about a 20, 25 percent turnout for the. Uh... Yes, and that was very disappointing uh, because we kept hearing there was going to be a massive turnout because this red the red wave or whatever. and the governor's race was so contested. Uh, and then the Senate race was very contested. Right. So we thought there would be uh, over 35 percent turnout. But we had some places in Alabama that only had 11 percent. Oh, wow. Uh, and Mobile and Baldwin County only had 14%. Uh, so that was very discouraging to see some of these pockets of low turnout. So what do you expect to see in a runoff? Do you expect a lower turnout in the runoff? I would imagine that's kind of the generally the way it goes. Do you expect a lower turnout in the runoff? Well, because of the Senate race um, between Katie Britt and Mo Brooks, we're expecting about 15%. Uh, okay. if, it, if they did not have a runoff, we could be looking at an 11% turnout. Okay. Wow. So, uh, and, and it was 25% roughly across the state. Is that about the return out yeah, statewide? That, about and that may be generous, 25%. Okay. May it may be, may be generous. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, cause I know Stephen, we were running Jefferson County. It was about a 25% turnout in Jefferson County, right? Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere around 25%. So, so that actually might be generous. So you're looking at even 10% less possibly than, than what? Yes. Um, okay. All right. Now, uh, in, in looking at this, because I don't, you know, again, I didn't run uh, running a primary, right? We we were the only one that qualified out of the guys that were trying to qualify for the public party. So I didn't have the same experience you did. And you said, hey, is it ticked up? And then all of a sudden, the last three or four weeks before the primary, you were running like a, you know, chicken with his head cut off just Correct. everywhere you could, talking and speaking. That's kind of what you're looking at doing basically starting this Thursday until the 24th, 21st as well, correct? That's that's correct. Um, across the state, um, speaking to the largest groups possible uh, and every point along the way, speaking to additional groups on the way back or wherever we're traveling to, um, we'll actually begin uh, next Thursday or this coming Thursday uh, in East Alabama between Auburn and Phoenix City. Okay. And then go to Mobile, then to Baldwin County. Uh, and then we have appointments in Huntsville, Decatur, Birmingham, and back to Mobile and back to Baldwin County. Uh, so we'll probably spend, uh, have at least uh, six appointments in Mobile and Baldwin County between now and the 21st. Wow. Wow. That's, and, and so is that because of the, the historic turnout uh, for vote down there? Is that what, is, is there any, I, I know there's a method to the madness, right? Yeah, but there is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't want you to give away too much. Well, well, no, the, the method, the method is this, the, the person that came in third, uh, lives in the Mobile Baldwin County area. Okay. Okay. So, um, we want to appeal to his voters in South Alabama, uh, to come over to our side, support our campaign. Right. And uh, we feel like we can be successful if we can accomplish that. Um, and we have a, a lot of support in Mobile and Baldwin County, uh, the other counties in South Alabama, uh, over in Dothan and Enterprise. We think that we can reach out to them and win them over to our side uh, and get their support. Uh, I would be honored if that happens, and we're going to try very hard to earn that support. That's that's great. So so it's really – so the method of the madness is, is trying to garner those votes that – those people who are going to get out and vote again, basically, yes. right? Um, now, it, tell me, and if I'm wrong here, if you didn't vote in the primary, you can't vote in the runoff, correct? Uh, no, if you if you did not vote in the primary, you can vote in the runoff. Okay. But if you voted Republican 
in the primary. You can't vote Democrat in the You runoff. can't vote Democrat. You have to vote Republican. And if you voted for a Democrat candidate, you can't vote in the Republican primary. Got you. So that's the, the state law. I, I want to see eventually uh, voter registration by party uh, so that we can protect the ballot even more. But that's another issue for another day. Got you, got you. So, uh, so y'all hear that there? Even if you didn't vote in the in the recent primary that was on the twenty fourth, so last week, you can still vote in the runoff, and we encourage you to get out and vote your values in this runoff because it's vitally important, right? You've Very got important. we've got a state auditor up, the uh, Secretary of State's not up in the in the runoff. Sec- Secretary of State. Secretary of State is up. We know that the uh, the Senate race, you're right, That's has right. a runoff. So it's very important that you go and you vote your values. And in your case, whoever wins this runoff race, that's it for state auditor, correct? That's correct. This is like the general election uh, for us. Uh, There is not a Democrat opponent that we would face uh, in November. So whoever wins on June the 21st is the next state auditor. Now, see, and, and, and guys, as y'all listen to this, that's vitally important. This is your general election because we, we have people tell us all the time, hey, I don't vote. Uh, I know Steve and, and I talk folks at church that, hey, we don't vote in, in primaries. We just wait and vote to a general election. Well, for some of these candidates, this is your general election, right? This uh, it's going to be uh, Stan or the the other the other guy that's running against him in the uh, in the June twenty first runoff. So, this is your general election. It's vitally important that you get out and vote. And especially this year, seventy um, percent of the ballot will be decided on June the twenty first because the Democrats did not field races in the statewide offices except for one or two. And many of the House and Senate seats, they did not field a candidate, uh, rather. And uh, so everything will be decided on June the 21st. Very few races will be settled on November. So 70% of the of the statewide and then also the district seat yes. uh, spots will be dictated by this June 21st. Absolutely. Either we're dictated by May 24th or now, if they're in a runoff, June 21st. That's it. And it will be over, wow. over and done. So, see, there you go, folks. 70% of your election results or who you're electing in the state of Alabama will be decided by June 21st if it hasn't already been decided on May That's 24th. Correct. That is crazy, man. I see, yeah. you always bring up all these good numbers, man. Well, it's our, our state have, has shifted in right. the last 15 to 20 years. We went from a blue state to a purple state. Now we're a red state uh, trying to fight that little blue dot that keeps showing up. Uh, and hopefully we'll be successful in doing that. Uh, we get out and talk about constitutional values, Christian values, and conservative values, which should all equal Republican values. And uh, I think if people will sit down and, and read their Constitution, it's like reading the Bible. Most people talk about it, but never do. That's exactly right. Uh, yep. They need to read their Constitution uh, because many things that we call conservative are not constitutional. And uh, I'll give you a good example. Um, it's a very controversial point to make, but it's, it's the best point I know how. Uh, we had great debates over pistol permits in this state. And uh, the constitutional approach would have been to eliminate the permit. Mm-hmm. That would have been constitutional because you cannot amend the Constitution at the state level by giving it a definition, uh, an alternative view, Uh, an amendment at the state level, a state law, a city law, a county law. You can't do that. You can only adjust an amendment with another constitutional amendment. Well, if they would have just removed the pistol permit fee, that would have made that 
law that we had constitutional. But when the legislature was finished, they had several amendments attached to it, which made it unconstitutional. So anybody can step forward and file a lawsuit today if they want to, Republican or Democrat, challenge this in court, and the whole thing will be thrown out. God, that's, yeah, and that's crazy. And, and see, it's, I'm kind of of the same uh, same mindset there, even though I'm not as smart at you, as you at, at, at presenting it, but the, the Constitution is negative rights, right? Yeah. It tells the government what they can't take that you already have. That's one of which being the right to bear arms. That's a natural God-given right, right? John Locke calls it natural rights, but Correct. those natural rights, natural rights come from the law of nature, right? Which is God's law of nature. Romans one, all can be seen and known about God through what He's created, and then you've got the the revealed law, right? The written word of God. Those are the two forms of law that that we have in front of us, right? William Blackstone says that, and he says no human law should be suffered to contradict these. You have those natural rights. They're enshrined in the Constitution, but it's not a mother may I for Stan Cook or for Jared Hudson from right. the government. It's you already have this. This is telling the government that they can't take it from you. Is that is that Abs- correct? Absolutely. Uh, and, and many people, I wish they would understand that it, the states formed the Constitution. The Constitution gave birth to a nation, and it created the presidency, the Senate, the House, uh, the Supreme Court. Uh, Before there was a nation, there was a state, and that's why states' rights are so important. Mm. And we must always stand on the battleground of states' rights. If we approach anything, any controversy, that's where we start is with the Tenth Amendment and work our way through the process. Uh, And I encourage, again, uh, your your viewers uh, and then the listeners to uh, read your Constitution as if you were reading the Bible it is the written word. It will not change unless a uh, dictatorial government oppresses us and we give in, and we can't do that. That's exactly right. And the Tenth Amendment is probably the most abused or most neglected uh, amendment of at least that first initial ten, the, the Bill of Rights, obviously, as we know it. So a uh, quick quick question on this. So you're talking about we, we, we just kind of roughly mentioned different branches of government. What branch of government would the state auditor actually fall under? Would it be executive, judicial, or legislative branch? Or is it kind of uh, in between maybe all of those? Well, it's not quite executive, but it's the constitutional office. Uh, It falls within that area of the executive because it's not legislative and it's definitely not judicial. Right. Uh, But what we do in the state auditor's office, and I will do if I have the good fortune of winning this election, is to take care of the state's property. And we have laws that give us the ability to do that. Uh, We will take inventory, property management, uh, also uh, begin processes of investigation in case someone abuses or steals that state property. Uh, And then we get to also appoint a board of registrar member in Mm -hmm. every county. Uh, which they safeguard the elections. Yeah, see, that's something that's vitally important that people don't realize that the state auditor does because that keeps our election integrity intact in each county for the most part, correct? That is correct. So they they look at the voter roll. Uh, We have people in every county, Jared, that wake up every day when they're in the office. Uh, They look at the obituaries. They call the funeral homes. They see who has passed away. They eliminate their name off the voter roll. Uh, They have their ways of checking who's moved into the county or who's moved out of the county. And that is an everyday job, and they are to be commended for the great job that they do. 
Uh, and then uh, they are also in charge of making sure that the ballots get to the right location. Uh, so when we had all this uh, redistricting and the lines being redrawn uh, and there's a, a new uh, Senate district or House district, they've got to make certain that a certain ballot gets to that particular district. And uh, we have a little controversy uh, up near Gadsden area right now. Uh, the wrong ballots went to the wrong place. And I'm sure that uh, we will find out uh, who was responsible and why. It, it was a mistake. It can't be intentional the way this happened. But that's why they're there, to protect and safeguard that ballot. And uh, they do a tremendous job, and they have my full admiration for what they do. And you would be managing, uh, as, the, uh, as a state auditor, you would be managing all of those registrars across the state of Alabama. Well, 60, is there 67? Is there just one per county, or do some well, counties have two or three? No, there's three per county, three per uh, county. except for Jefferson County. It's the oddball, uh, and that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, but the 66 counties, I will get one appointment. The governor gets one appointment, and the agricultural commissioner gets one appointment. Uh, so three per county, except for Jefferson County. Uh, a long time ago, when Jefferson County was a Democrat county, uh, with the Democrat um, County Commission, uh, they had some laws passed uh, that allowed them to hire uh, an individual that would be like the chief registrar for the county. And they took away uh, the auditor, the ag commissioner, and the governor's appointment. Um, so now it's under one individual, and he has a staff or she has a staff. And uh, so uh, we don't get to have any oversight over this person. Now, I, I would appeal to my Republican brothers that have inherited this dilemma change that legislation. to change it. Yeah. We need to change it. So but so, so that's 66 counties across the board that, that you're able to, to deal with as far as an appointment and then the other two, governor and ag commissioner. But uh, Jefferson County is on its own, and that's not an elected position, or, and it's, it's just appointed by, I guess, the county commission the at the time? The county commission hires someone. Okay. All right. So it's a hired position, it's a hired by, position. By, by the county commission. All right. Well, again, I learn something new every single day. So uh, you're going to go around to, to these counties. We kind of understand the battle plan that you have moving forward. What is it going to take for Stan Cook to win to win this thing on June 21st? I need to convince a majority of the voters that I am the qualified candidate for this job, uh, that I have a secular work experience of 20-plus years, uh, with three major corporations of inventory control and property management, that I have 35 years of being an executive, an administrator, dealing with people, contracts, law, hiring and firing, human resources, um, going through the process of, of pushing a program, a vision, a dream, an idea, and, and getting people to buy in and follow the path of success. Um, I have to prove myself in that way that I have the experience to do the job. Now, uh, the other individual uh, has been elected to the House of Representatives uh, of the state, and I commend him for that. That took a lot of work. Uh, and he has voted on many conservative issues, and I commend him on that as well. But voting on the House floor is different than actually doing the job, and he has never done this job. Uh, I have done this job longer than he is old, and that's what separates me from him, uh, the years of experience. And um, I would contend uh, that my years of experience far outweigh 
anything that he could bring to the table. Okay, that's great. So real quick, and I know you talked about this in the last podcast, but I don't want to I don't want to leave it unsaid. So give us your experience. I know you mentioned just real shortly your business experience, but I'd like to hear your again your experience in degrees. I know that you have six different degrees. We know that uh, that you worked in the private sector and business. You have business in other countries, but maybe go a little more in depth for the listeners who might not have heard that before. Okay. Well, um, yes, yeah, six degrees, four major universities, uh, two bachelors, two masters two PhDs. Uh, we worked, uh, I worked for a company called Medical Laboratory Associates, uh, Fisher Scientific, major scientific chemical company in the United States. And I worked for Immediate Business Systems, which built computers. We called them sandboxes because of where they were used and, and how they were used. Uh, we couldn't get sand in the equipment, so to speak, so yeah. we had to come up with special covers. Um, so we have... Uh, approach life through a secular work experience, learning how to manage warehouses, inventory, even creating a computerized inventory system mm-hmm. for one of the companies, mm-hmm. and uh, which they didn't have. They were just using books, paper and pencil. Right. To, and that, that is so antiquated and outdated. Uh, so we created for them a computerized system on how to track the inventory from the point of purchase to distribution. Uh, and we plan on doing the same thing uh, through the state auditor's office. So will you be able to do that at the state auditor's office? Is that something that currently exists or you would be able to bring to the table there? Uh, it, it exists in some form, yeah. but it is not an efficient form. And, gotcha. and we want to bring a business model to the government, uh, modify the system, make it run more efficiently, uh, have more integrity, more uh-huh. transparency. Uh, and then I think we can build better relationships with the property managers around the state when we give them a better tool, an easier tool to use, and then our computers can all talk to each other. Right. I think that's where we need to go. Uh, and then the religious experience, um, like I said, 35 years of administrative experience, pastoring a church, being a district bishop, uh, world missions director, Abraham's Promise, uh, owning history, the small business that we operate out of Israel. Uh, those years of experience dealing with Arabs and Jews and Christians uh, in the United States and in the Middle East, uh, that's a vast amount of experience dealing with uh, various people groups. And to be able to bring those people to the table to, go, to negotiate or to buy into a vision or dream that benefits everyone involved, I think uh, that is a great deal of experience to bring to state government. Absolutely. No. And I think we talked about this last time. I'm all about the private business mindset coming into uh, state and local government because the government seems to be phenomenal at screwing everything up when it comes to budgets and managing things like that. You know, so having that business mindset is a good way to um, redirect it and keep it on on track. Right. Well, Jared, we I can say this uh, everywhere me and my wife have gone, uh, whatever task was given to us or job or assignment was given to us. We always left it better. It has always grown. It become more productive, uh, financially beneficial to many other people. And I think we can bring that same opportunity to the state auditor's office. That four years from today, we can look back and say, we're more productive. We have more integrity, more accountability, more transparency. And I want the voter to be able to say, I'm glad I voted for Stan Cook. 
No, that's great. That's that's absolutely great. So, um, what else do you have? Anything else you want to tell the listeners? Any, anything else you want to tell the people? Obviously, we know you've got 21 days. You've got a very short amount of time, so we appreciate you spending time with us uh, here on the podcast. But you have a very short amount of time. What do you want the listeners to hear as you're going around any major events, whatever it is you want to? Well, I think two things in particular. Number one, since voter turnout is always light in a runoff election, I want to encourage everyone to vote on June the 21st. Make sure you go to the polls and vote. And of course, I'm asking you to vote for me for state auditor. Uh, And the second thing we need is if you would like to donate to the campaign, uh, we want to encourage you to uh, look up our website, Cook for Auditor, Facebook page, Cook for Auditor. Uh, If you would like to donate to the campaign, Stan Cook, P.O. Box 130, Kimberly, Alabama, 35091. And just write on the check, Stan Cook for State Auditor. Uh, the cash will make the difference. The money will make the difference. But we want you to do your patriotic duty and go out and vote. And, and let's see a better turnout in the primary election that has the runoff on June 21st. Absolutely. So, and can anybody, can they donate online on your website or they need to mail a check in? Either way, they can do that. Okay, either so, way. so either or. So we'll have the, uh, the website link. If you're watching the video, you'll be able to see the website link, just like on the last one, Cook for Auditor. And then uh, we'll also be able to put in the writing on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, we'll put the, uh, the address for, uh, for Stan's P.O. Box for his... Uh, for the Cook for Auditor campaign, if you want to send a donation that way. If you're listening to this on Spotify or on uh, – what's the other one, Ben? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those. If you're listening to it on one of those, just go to YouTube or go to Facebook and look in that information if you want to donate. That way you can learn more about Stan and you can uh, send some money out to his uh, – to his campaign. Well, Stan, thank you so much for having us, brother. Good to be here. You're you're the pastor, so I'm going to let you close us in prayer if you, if you feel comfortable doing yeah, that. Let's do that. All right, okay. sounds good. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for Jared. I ask you to protect him and keep him safe in all that he does and bless his campaign as well. We ask you, Lord, to touch our country and let our light shine in dark places. Father, we ask you for protection over our land. Let revival sweep this nation. And Lord, let constitutional, conservative, Republican principles prevail on the ballot on Election Day. That we can be the nation that you've called us to be. And bless all of those that are watching in Jesus' name. Amen.